Comrades and friends, uh, I'm going to break character uh, here for a minute and let you all in on a little secret. I don't hate Mike Perzicki. Uh, I despise what he stands for and his agenda and his priorities and the interests that he represents. Um, but I try to uh, sort of live by the, uh, you know, try to be kind and understanding with people and ruthless with systems. And so... People should understand what that part of the shtick is about. Uh, today's Highlands Bunker podcast uh, is going to be about another very instructive example of the things that Mike Przicki stands for and the interest that he represents. And uh, my guest today is Hanif Salam, our, our friend and comrade. Uh, hello. Good day, good people. I, I'm so glad that you're uh, that you're able to come in. Uh, left some of my notes over. Always a pleasure to be in the bunker with you, right? Yeah, I'm 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 very glad um, that you that you came in today. We saw each other in Dover. Um, I guess oh, it was right before the, the McGinnis trial for the cannabis the veto override. Mm -hmm. Override the veto. Yeah. You had uh, you had Asia, uh, the calls uh, fellow for the summer take a photo of us and you know she's like 20 or 21 or whatever and like being an old guy like i could take a picture on my phone obviously but like you know they're not good you know they're for myself or i send them to my friends as jokes or whatever but like kids take them like that's how they you know communicate great equality right she t she she literally took the phone took two pictures handed it back and you were like oh she's like i got two <laughs> and i looked at them and they were like Totally, their professional quality photos. For sure. Yes, yeah, so I pulled it right online. I was like, oh, here's me and Anif. Look. Put it yep. right online. Most definitely. It was good seeing you there, though. It's, it's always a pleasure. And I, and I know, notice that I always see you in the right places, too, good brother. Well, we're, we're both there. It's like, what are you doing here? Well, what are you doing here? Um, so I want to start off uh, by giving uh, Amanda Fry's props, uh, a lot of the background for um, the story we're going to talk about today comes from her very good article uh, from July 26th. Uh, it starts like this. After failing to take public comment on a proposed warehouse project in Southbridge Wilmington's planning commission will meet again to get resident input and offer a recommendation on whether developers should receive zoning approval for the plan. For months, Diamond... Port Property LLC has worked with community leaders and city officials on a plan to turn vacant land along the riverfront in Southbridge into a warehouse storage site, which developers and residents uh, say would bring jobs to the community as well as direct investment to neighborhood organizations. But developers and residents alike were blindsided when the city's planning department came out against the proposal, arguing that it conflicts with waterfront development design plans and would detract from existing investments in the area. Hanif, can you give us a little background about this? So, just like, so there was a, there's, there's a, a set of parcels there in front of the, uh, at the waterfront in Southbridge mm -hmm. that was like a, Diamond State Oil or something. Yeah, it was it was like an industrial. It used to belong to Diamond Oil. I, right. I remember as a kid seeing the large Diamond Oil containers. Right. Back in the early '80s, early mid '80s, that yeah. sat on the land. Yeah. So if people are familiar, this is it's it's three separate addresses, but it's one big parcel. Kind of goes around the bend there. Um, and a company bought it. A developer was developing it, but also working with. The community with the Civic Association, of which you're the vice president, and with other community leaders, which you are one in that neighborhood and residents, to like figure out what the best thing to do was. And how did that process work? How long did you work on it? How involved was it? Like, can you tell us a little background about it? Yeah, I mean, well, the property transition dates back a few years. And one, uh, the current property owners um, did. Uh, begin the process of remediating 
some of the brownfields that was in that area because brownfields are a huge issue in Southbridge. And since that was the site of an oil company at one point, um, the, the soil was contaminated. So the developer went about um, the process of uh, eliminating those brownfields and making it, uh, you know, I don't know the proper language, but they made it right so that they could build on top of it and they weren't building on top of junk. Well, let me just ask you right right now, because I know in the article, and and we'll put a pin in this because we'll talk about it a little later on when we get mm-hmm. into like the, the recent um, sort of controversy, but there was a 2005 DENREC uh, environmental study done and basically said they, there can't be any residential stuff on that, on that property. Period. Now... I'm sure the I, I don't know technically because I know the brownfields and this environmental thing are two separate things. So I, and I don't know the specifics, so I don't want people to get confused about those things. So the the developer did go in and and clean it up so it can be developed, but that does not Correct. impact the envi- the further environmental restrictions that Denrec has still applied Correct. to this property. Good good point uh, to note right there so once that process got cleared the developer over the past 18 months has been in communication with the Southbridge Civic Association the South Women's and Planet Network and the Southbridge Community Development Corporation to discuss how they could best build a warehouse center that could complement the neighborhood and not have a negative impact and that's everything from design to the landscape around the building that will be closest to the riverfront to the traffic and routing of truck patterns that will come into the warehouses to avoid the disruption of residential, uh, uh, the residential area. So despite all of that, logistically, the developer is willing to make a financial investment into the community to help for uh, improvements for residents and to help for uh, economic development in the community. Yeah, and I want to make it clear, too, because I know even myself and other people who read this stuff or follow this type of news can be a little skeptical of, like, oh, they're making a, you know, a a cash injection in sort of, like, community groups. Um, So, like, that can sound suspicious, but I, I'll tell you that even the details that Amanda put in her article and the stuff I know already and that we can even talk about a little further, this is pretty well documented. Like, this was not like, – this was all above board, really, really – the whole community was was part of this plan uh, to not only develop the land, um, not only to clean it up, not only to um, get money, but also, like, to, like you said, to agree on traffic patterns and just be comfortable with, like, this is – you know, this is how it is. So I, 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 I tell clear, people that this, this was, was just this was a conversations f- with the developer in the community and they're saying, oh, hey, we'll give you this. Let us build here. We have a community benefits agreement. So we have a legal document that's been reviewed by legal representation of the Southbridge community through the Community Development Corporation, as well as the legal representation of the developer. So we have a legal document stating the benefits of this project to the community. Yeah. So you guys came up with a, a, a plan everybody could agree to. Everybody, you know, all the, quote, stakeholders, the real stakeholders, like the people who live there, <coughs> came to this agreement and and agreed on even, like, sort of <coughs> the plans there. It's three warehouses, uh, and also some some work in the surrounding area. So in the neighborhood, there would be some <coughs> uh, some repairs, and the rip, the waterfront itself would be like a walking path that would connect to A Street. Uh, they would plant trees, put in like different areas. So it's like almost like a little park. Now this I found very interesting. This is where you like read between the lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Do you want to talk about just uh, anything else that I kind of missed as far as the sort of the, the plans as they were going forward? And you were working with uh, city planners as well. Um, so there was, was it, what was the city, what, what, what people in the city knew of this, knew what the work you guys were doing? 
So Will Mapko definitely knew, knew of what we were doing, as well as uh, the administration knew. Uh, because mind you, the, de- the developer was in communication, and I forget the young man's name, but someone who um, recently resigned out of the economic, who was running the economic development office for the city of Wilmington. They were in communication with this guy the whole time through developing the land prior to finding tenants that were now housed. Because now, mind you, they have three businesses who are ready to move in and open up shops as soon as the facilities open. Once they landed the tenants that will operate these warehouses, then all of a sudden the city of Wilmington had a problem with it. And I do want to mention one more thing that's important to note in the process. Within this period of time of speaking with the developers, the Southbridge Civic Association was already in the process of creating the Southbridge Neighborhood Action Plan, known as the SNAP. So just like the Riverfront has the Riverfront Development Plan, Wilmington has a Wilmington a Resiliency Plan. Everybody from Will Mapco to the administration has a plan to develop the city. Southbridge also has a plan to develop the Southbridge neighborhood. Yeah, so we get to, we get to a couple of weeks ago. And to everybody's surprise, the the planning commission turns down now that we have like what it's going to be, you know, businesses are going to move in, they turn down the the zoning. Now, luckily, little side note, uh luckily built into the rules of these commissions are are demands for public comment. And it seems like arcane, like you have to tell people 10 days ahead or whatever it is, and then you have to have public comment. If it wasn't for that, we'd be, we'd be fucked here. But, but, but this, this decision was made without the opportunity of the community to, uh, to give their testimony, and I think they're going to have a lot to say about it. So let's just, we, can, we can just say that. And what's, what, what was interesting to me, Rob, is the whole time, you know, we were hearing no objections from the administration, from the city. We thought that uh, this would be okay. And then the day of, I get a phone call about two hours before the city planning meeting that says, oh, the mayor's office just sent a some-odd-page letter to the planning commission telling them all the reasons why they should not give the recommendation for this project. And I was curious, like, why would they wait to the last minute and then object to this project being done? Well, that's, that's what I want to give a lot of time to, is kind of dig into that. So, unfortunately, over, like, 25 years in the corporate world, I became very adept at deciphering... Uh, like pernicious language that was used as a veneer for like actually bad acts. So you'd figure out a way to say you were going to grow the business by exploiting X, Y, or Z, but you didn't really say it like that. <clears throat> um, and you talked about growth and all this stuff. So you, you, you learn these sort of, um, you know, the canned phrases and the turns of phrase to sort of like to clean up dirty language. Right. So, the city issues this statement that they're not going to do this, and uh, this is this is some of the quotes from the statement that were that are in the the uh, Delaware Online News Journal article. The proposal, the Southbridge proposal, is contrary to the positive development trends that are currently taking place, which support residential uses and recreational activities in the surrounding area, and is not consistent with the community's long-term vision for their neighborhood. So, first of all, well, we'll go on. The use has the potential to impede any future development of residential and commercial mixed-use developments, particularly along A Street, and may hurt the viability of the developments already in the works. There are three key elements that guide officials for developing proposals conforming to waterfront design standards. Design, River Activity, and Economic Development, the City Planning Department Analysis states. 
In a particular zoning district the warehouse project is in, officials say the review process emphasizes design and river activity, while economic development has, quote, less importance. Improvements, uh, this is, and this is the last quote I'll read, and then we'll start breaking some of this down. So this is from the same uh, city planning assertions in their letter. Improvements have been made to these businesses along A Street by property owners who embraced the development standards and supported the vision for the waterfront, who will be unfairly confronted with a proposed use which is not in character with the neighborhood and is contrary to the waterfront, city planning asserts. Now, I read that, uh, that's the fourth time I've read through that. And I hope everybody sort of gets the idea. People did, when, it fir when, that, when this first came out, we started talking sort of like in our circles about this. People were saying like, yeah, what are they saying? Like the views, like the views from the world. Like they weren't, even I had to read it a few times to like translate it. Mm -hmm. Me too. It's funny. And I'm from that community. My parents still live in that community. And I'm like, Views from the river, the other side of the river is Christina Park. That's not what they're talking about. Not at all. Not those views. <laughs> you got to catch it when they said development of A Street and residents on and A Street. Right. Now, as we said, that particular area that can't have, it can have neither uh, residential use nor mixed commercial and residential use. There can be no residential on that plot. What they're, what they're trying to do is say, like, but near there, there will be residential. And, you know, Buccini Pond Group has built those uh, shitty townhouses down there that have, some of them have almost fallen into the river, I think. Um, we will link to that because there's been problems there. Um, but when I, when I connected the, when I looked at the plans and I connected the idea of this river walk or park, where it is, and like, the fact that the neighborhood would have a place to walk, I was like, this is fucking racist. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, there's, they're, 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 um, they're, they're coding it in this veneer of like, we're trying to make some money. And not that BPG's trying to make money, but other people, other homeowners. And this doesn't, I mean, they're basically telling you it doesn't fit the plan. Who's planned? What guidelines? Standards? Whose standard? Your standard? Rob Buccini's standard? What's what? What? Like, <clears throat> again, and this is kind of what I said at the beginning. Mike Przicki and Buccini Pollen Group and the groups of people who, uh, you know, moved the bus depot and then gave it away to uh, Colonial Parking um, and who won't, you know, <laughs> I mean, you just heard what what they're saying about this, about this development, the, the community is trying to do. They're, 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 they, they're, the interests that they're representing are, are nefarious interests. They're racist interests. I'm sorry. Um, they're, they're, they're classist. I mean, you know, let's be honest. There are, there are black people and Asian people and Hispanic Latino people, you know, in the riverfront and downtown. They're generally not working class, we'll say. So this is what's going on. I can't be any more clear. Um, so, like, Hanif, what's, like you said, it, it took a minute to, like, digest that, like, uh, government speak, Le legalese, whatever. Not really legalese. It's just, like, marketing almost. They're trying to, yeah. they're trying to tell you what they're you. They're talking in code. Yes, they're talking in code. And once I was able to break the code, man, I was, I was disappointed and I was upset. Because when you read the quote, the first point, it says the proposed project would not be conducive to the residents in the community. Now, I was born and raised in Southbridge. Like I said, my mother and father still stay there. I am active in the Civic Association and part of the leadership. And we have a community benefits agreement with the developer. One thing I want all the listeners to understand is South Bridge, which is one of Wilmington's oldest communities, has always been a predominantly black community with mixed low-income to middle-class 
of working families. We now share the area with South Wilmington, which is the Riverfront East Project. So residents of South Wilmington are living in the shitty townhouses and the two towers and other condos near the riverfront. All right. So you have to understand that. And the residents in the towers of Christina Landing said that they do not want to look out their windows and see a warehouse facility. Well, the Southbridge residents said, we would love to see a warehouse facility there. We would love to have people employed there. And we would love to have people to help build it. But yet, you said it better than I could in a racist manner. The mayor and the city are basically saying, we don't care what you have to say, Southbridge. The people who are buying our condos, the people we're catering to, they don't want it. So we're not trying to approve it. And and that's just not right. And that's not fair. It's really disheartening to see uh, opportunities for the Southbridge community be presented and for the plans to be disrupted by the city administration. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm i open to hearing, I'm open to hearing it, this idea that, you know, a, res, a new resident who bought one of the shitty townhouses or lives in the tower there actually came and saw, said, you know, I don't want to see a warehouse across the river. I mean, there's warehouses across every river in every city <laughs> in the fucking world, really. Um, like, where do you go? You don't see that. Right. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think they exist. They could. I don't think but, so neither. But, the, but the, the the because the idea so is they don't want to put. They don't. They have a big plan, and they don't want to continue to pump money where um, you know poor people and black people are going to be walking through a park and it's hanging out in a park. They want to erase the black community. Is is somebody brought to my attention uh, after that article came out? Uh, a researcher actually said that. Evidence shows that whenever there is private development and extra green space being created along a waterfront, the urban communities near that waterfront are erased. And what do we have? The Southbridge, the City of Wilmington Southbridge Wetland Park that is going to have a groundbreaking in a month or so. And we have development all up A Street uh, for... Uh, 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 high-income luxury residents. So they're essentially trying to erase the black community from Southbridge and just make the whole thing a part of the riverfront. That's what they're really trying to do. Yeah, and I think anybody who's been here as long as we have, um, like, I I predate the riverfront. Like, yeah. uh, I remember yeah. I dropped my grandfather off. He took the train to, to Florida with his friend to play golf in, like, 1989 or 90 or something. And uh, and when you parked behind the train station, th- there was a vast marshland of nothing. And so I remember that. And, you know, I, I, I don't like what happened there, but I'm not, like, anti-development. But you see, they annexed uh, land to put the big field house out there and all the bpg shit out there they got dispensation to make all of these riverfront stuff real and, and bridges and stuff real nice and so they have a further plan and it doesn't include the people who are there now no, they have a riverfront development plan that we just learned about when we hired a consultant to build our south bridge neighborhood action plan they said there's a riverfront development plan that is 10 years old, and they're in phase two, and they're getting funding because they're using the demographics of the Southbridge neighborhood to get tax credits and benefits yeah. to build whatever they want to build. You guys must have missed that call when they had that meeting 10 years ago. <laughs> they probably left a message. You didn't get it. Yeah, you didn't. Your input, you weren't. See, when they did that, and, and uh, again, in the article, uh, there's another, I think it's another woman at the Civic Association, I'm not sure, but makes this point. Like, when these standards and this plan was put together, nobody asked us. Like, we weren't a stakeholder. Now, as you said, we'll, we'll use the fact that you're, you're poor, working class, and black to make sure that we get funds 
as like we're 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 helping your community. We're trying to help you. Why won't you take our help? Kind of thing. It's gross. It's fucking it's gross, sick, dude. Man. And one of the things that that really pushed my button that I know for a fact you're correct when you say is racist actions is because they tried to do similar things not far from the Highland area, right on the peninsula at the end of Broom Street, and I think that's Levering Ave. The mayor wanted to build condos there. But the residents in this community and surrounding communities said, hell no, we don't want BPG developing in our area. We love our Brandywine River and our current greenery we got. And he backed off. Soon as the community came together and said no, pulled all his plans. For once, when people say that black people don't get a part of the process, black people have no unity, when we've united and showed our support for this effort, the mayor won't listen to the people. So it's sad that a, a group of white constituents can suggest something to our mayor and it gets done. But when a group of black constituents suggest something to our mayor, it gets ignored. Yeah, I mean, look. It's not it's no secret that the mayor lives here. That these constituents are his neighbors and these are like his people. Like when I fuck with them out like at Kitchelines or out in the street or whatever, uh, the re- one of the reasons I, I understand it, it shakes him up so much is because he doesn't expect that in like with amongst hmm. his people. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's he's not a good dude, and what he's trying to do, what he's the what he's the public facing spokesperson for, is not in our interests. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, we've said it in every different way possible. They're funneling money to a small group of people on the back of people who are here already. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. it. It didn't really hit me until last. I read it. I actually, um, after we recorded last night with Jordan, I read the piece again. And I read that section again. Like, it's, she called it, like, Wilmington's rebuttal or Wilmington's side of the story. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is sicko. I mean, they're just they're flat out saying it. You don't get a say. And this, to me, has been... An ongoing theme. Like, one thing about me, Rob, is I, I tried to work with the mayor. I remember when he initially came into office, I said, I understand that his plans to develop the city. At the time, it was downtown, which is still a part of the 4th District. That includes Southridge. And I said, I get it. I want to see downtown developed, right? I wouldn't mind seeing downtown Wilmington and the riverfront being similar to a Philadelphia, D.C. with entertainment and restaurants. But I said, you have to make the current residents a part of the process. Hire some of our contractors. Provide jobs for some of us so that we can have part in rebuilding our city. And we've yet to see that. Yeah, you don't even get a say. We don't you're get not a say. We don't get included. Like, again, like a, maybe your invitation to that meeting got lost in the mail. And this was the most obvious. So that was a lot of general talking. And the mayor would say, oh, I hear you, Hanif. And, you know, when we had COVID, he uh, allowed for the RBG flag to be raised across from the city county building. And, you know, he pledged to send ARPA funds to the community. And to my knowledge, Southbridge is supposed to get some city ARPA funds, which we should. But that does not neglect the fact that you are trying to build around us, which will eventually erase our communities so that you guys can have fun in the city that we've resided in all of our lives. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the way I frame it, because I think that brings more people into understanding their part in it. But really, it's also to, to funnel tons of money to a small group of people. And, they, and the plan is they're going to use that idea of, oh, it's hip here, but we have to do it the way we're going to do it. We have to make sure that, you know, we have our security pockets and we move and we marginalize these people and we use the cops here. And we have to grow this way or else it's not, doesn't make the most money. 
Like, I'm glad you know that and you could break it down for the people because a lot of people don't understand. That. Yeah, so their, I mean, their plan again. This is why I kind of framed that defense at part of like a corporate thing. Like, they have forecasts based on, you know, the kind of development they're going to do, and that kind of development also makes sure that it marginalizes and sequesters people in areas, forces people out, like all that stuff. Like when they said, you know, they can't, they don't, they can't have. Uh, those warehouses in a park there because it doesn't like it's it's fucking up their shit their forecasts are based on they have projections and and that it's fucking up their shit what you got what that neighborhood wants is not that's not a a variable in in the algorithm do you know what i mean when they put all that stuff in to figure out how they're going to do this to make the most money what you guys want is not part of that now thank goodness we're going to make it part of it yeah and that's what I was going to say. See, the, the monkey wrench in the system right now is the fact that South Bridge has always been a tight-knit community and has always had community leaders that are willing to speak up in the best interest of the people. So now myself with Bob Cannon, who's the president of the Civic Association, all of our loyal South Bridge residents and Civic Association members, along with the partnership of the South Wilmington Planning Network, we're going to ensure that the SNAP, the South Bridge Neighborhood Action Plan, is implemented so that South Bridge could be a thriving black community for decades to come. And and so the the rescheduled planning meeting uh, has not been scheduled no, yet. No, it happened. Oh, it did happen. Update. Oh, you don't Jesus. know the team. Look, oh, Carl knows. I don't so, know. I've been. The I've, I've, I've been. I've been. Happened uh, Tuesday. Oh, you know, because Jordan and I 2nd. were working. Uh, Jordan and I were working on a story that day. We did. Oh, so this is great. So uh, I hope it's great. No, hell no. That's, more that's, bullshit. More, more bullshit. So they essentially redid the meeting to allow for public comment, so that they could repeat what they said in the first meeting. They were mad that we called them on their shit by not following their own rules. So they hurried up and did another meeting. The the, the kicker of the repeat meeting is uh, FYI for whoever was running the planning commission Zoom, they did not end the Zoom after the meeting. So Would you like to leak some information Mr. to the Delaware Desmond, call? Desmond uh, Bryan or Desmond, I'll say B, whatever his last name was, and three others who were leading and running the planning commission meeting stayed back and had a good laugh about how pissed off the residents and elected officials are cracking jokes saying they hope that they don't come looking for them because it's not their fault. Oh, we're going to come looking for you. And that they might as well just focus their attention on the zoning board because that's our only chance. So, a good piece of information for me is we do still have a chance through the zoning board. It is now in the zoning board hands, and there is a zoning board meeting scheduled for August 8th. That's this, well, Monday from when we're recording, but it'll be August 8th. I think we can put this, this one out. We're going we're gonna to put this meeting. out tomorrow. So, so, right? Is that is that true? Yeah, so we can get this out, and that'll be. So the zoning board, the new zoning board meeting to see if. The developers will get the zoning permit is Monday, August 8th. Now, they have not received the recommendation for the planning commission, but it will still be up for a vote amongst the zoning board. We got to turn up and turn out. Well, can we get I in think the I mean, people are. Okay. I, I think people are going to make their voices loud and clear to the administration and to the zoning board. And we might need all friends to just come out and join us downtown to make sure they know where we're coming from. City building in the evening, Monday evening? Monday noonish. Oh, it's noon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. I need something to do in the middle of the day. Yeah. Monday at noon, I need all my friends to meet me in front of the city building so that we can ensure that the mayor and the zoning board understand that we would like to see the South South Bridge Warehouse Project received the zoning variance it needs to move forward with the project. Yeah, this is a pretty obvious one. Um, luckily, 
you know, I, I have a little bit of hope because uh, they tried to pull a fast one, and we should have known. We saw Przicki down there, down at Leg Hall. Carl and I did. And uh, they tried to pull a fast one in the imminent domain. And the fucking neighborhood fucking went apeshit. And they're t- t- Namdi, they, they rinsed that guy out, hung him out wet. Because why would Namdi do that? Because, uh, well, we've already had that. Sinead's been in here. Okay. We right, had right, that right, question. Right. We, Shout I, out to Sinead. Yeah, she, we had the same conversation. He got he got used up because it was Bud Friel doing it for Przicki. And then they were like, hey, Namdi, aren't you? Why don't you do this? He fell for it. You know how that he got feet fell for Imagine if that would have passed and they could do eminent domain. Oof, they would have said no to our warehouse project and then probably took half of our houses. Oh my God. Man, I'm I, I mean you, that these, was these you know, if you people, went man. if you if, if you were invited to the meetings, you would probably know that that's probably part of the plan. So luckily that eminent domain because again, this is all like this is all sort of baked in. They need all of these, they're counting on all of these um sort of structural and institutional things to go their way. So that's why they tried to go to the General Assembly. That's why they have the Planning Commission trying to turn you guys down. Like, they're fighting all these battles because they're trying to keep the thing on the easiest path to the easiest money. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a small club making money, and we're not in it. Sad thing. But, yeah, so Monday at noon, this will go out tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll put that up. And uh, yeah, and I and I, I'm, jo- I'm going to come out. Some of my friends now. Now, actual zoning board meeting is, is Monday at five thirty. Okay, but some me and some of my friends are going out on lunchtime gotcha. just to make sure that the people's voice is heard. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go to both of those things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, the other thing Shanae and I spoke about, and this is probably a nice time to sort of bring it up as we're talking about sort of all the different pieces of this. You notice it on the other side of downtown, too. Because, you know, about a year ago, there was the obligatory, like, hey, you said you were going to do something on North Market Street. Not zero. Like, this, this at, you know, where, where Superfine Lane is, as far as the city's concerned, the only thing they need to worry about North of Superfine Lane is where the cops got to go, where, like, where, to, where to send the troops. That's the only thing they fucking care about there. You know, so they're not getting anything either. It's something Sinead brought up. And again, it's been, it's been covered. It's just, you know, there's not no, enough. There's not, but they have a leg of the funnel going that way. Yeah. Well, Making that's what, it to reach Riverside. So the uh, uh, Imani Village and the whole Reach Riverside project. Yeah. That's going to redo... The northeast from maybe 30th Street all the way down to Vandiver Avenue. We're talking about yeah. 15 city blocks of new housing that's going to be developed. The whole river That's supposed to be for us. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. Meanwhile, the area that has been flooded that's within the planning of new houses in that area, those current residents aren't getting any attention. So it's more of the same. Same thing when you go to West Center City. They said they were going to pour money in the West Center City after they've invested so much into the William Hicks Anderson Community Center. But yet all we see is more police and more crime in that area. But when you look at the Wilmington Resiliency Plan and their plan, they have a whole new plan for West 4th Street. There's no more McDonald's. There's a lot more green space. And it looks like the riverfront's going to be expanding from that direction, too. And again, I, I've come around to the idea that, you know, the right kind of development is, is, is good. You know, I, I, I'm not saying everything doesn't some, – some things probably need to get bulldozed. And some things you just got to work around. Like, wh- where were we? I was with Kobe in the car going to that network event on 95. And, of course, it's still fucked up, all the co- construction and all that. And I'm thinking, like, he said something. I said, I asked him if it was ever going to get done. And he was like, I think, in a year, maybe. And I was like, 95 is just a scourge. It was a scourge on the city from the beginning. But that's something you have to, you kind of have to work around now. There's no, that's, that's over. That's, you know, ship has sailed. So, like, there are things you have to consider, and you're not going to get everything you want. But just blatantly, independently, deciding what the deal is. For reasons that we talked about, with really no 
consideration, and they'll they'll lie and say, oh, well, I mean, it's you know, like you can tell on those quotes, it's like they're telling you what's good for you. Like they're like, well, that's no, that's not part of the neighborhood vision for the future. You're like, motherfucker, we're the neighborhood. What are you talking about? I mean, what the fuck are you I talking am about? Southbridge, right? What are you I talking know about? some woman. I didn't say her name. I didn't read her name. Uh, but yeah, like she wrote the thing for the planning commission, and it's like you read the sentence, and it's like this is not in the best interest of the community's future. You're like, who are you? Who are you talking to? <laughs> like. We're all right here. And we could laugh about it, but reading not it, funny. it's a real slap in the face to somebody like me. Because I, I invest my career and my life for the best interests of black and brown people in this city. So when somebody's saying they're speaking for the community and it's against what the community's asking for, it's like a slap in the face. I mean, it is. I, there's no other way to put it. To 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 re- to understand the context, it would be one thing if it was just an LLC sliding in there, trying to do something. Which again, that's that happens all the time. You know, somebody buys it up, some out-of-state person buys it up with an LLC, slide in a development, put some warehouse, put whatever in there, fuck everybody else. But that's not what happened. They weren't talking. It's not like they're talking to. Somebody that the community's not in with already. All all the community groups have been engaged. But it's funny, Rob, because that's what they did with Riverfront East. They just sold it to private developers, built up the land, and they ain't talked to us about it. Yeah, I mean, you're I mean, you're literally drawing a line and being like, you've taken so much. Like, how much more are you going to take without, like, at least listening to some of the stuff that we want? And honestly, I think the community is so riled up because it's so blatant. Uh, by them not taking public comment in the first meeting and blatantly just saying no, even giving uh, a bogus reasons as to why they're saying no and disregarding the rules that they set forth for public meetings, that really showed how much they value the community's input. Understanding and knowing when they seen the numbers on Zoom and still said, no, we're not going to take public comment, they just wanted to shut us down and go on about their day. And thankfully, you know, Fries did that article that put some light on the situation that forced their hand to at least have to have another meeting. Yeah, I was really impressed um, with all of the work that you guys did because, and and it's covered very uh, thoroughly in the article, um, down to what we talked about before, traffic patterns. Like, yes, there's going to be some trucking on one pattern. We already, you know, sort of like working with problems you already have. Southbridge already has that problem. And so if you can just contain this new thing within that, then everybody just agreed. They were like, okay, well, you know, they're making concessions too. Um, but they're making them knowing that, you know, what they're, what they're getting in return as a, as a community. And if you look at that design, the river, the, the area by the river where the warehouses will be, yeah, it'll look beautiful. Yeah, they're I mean, gonna they're going to add new greenery out there. They're going to create a walkway that actually comes from the river that'll take you to the 76er field house, which will give Southbridge residents a true walkway because the current walkway from Southbridge is blocked by a road that wait, leads wait. to a soccer lacrosse field that we don't use that blocks our true access to the wetland park. But folks, we're, yeah. we're, we're literally, actually, we're literally connecting the dots here. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know if it was you and I, but when we were talking about the the Sixers when they when they annexed that land and they did the Sixers thing and then they did the other sort of the path the other path through the, uh, the the wetlands and then the wetlands, I was like, when it comes down to actually connecting Southbridge and the rest of the city, like they're, they're not going to do it. Like they're going to make. I heard somebody tell me like, yeah, I think they're going to make like Fourth Street east of something like one way in or out like you can't like if they're gonna do it they're gonna they're trying they're trying to sequester poor black people like i don't know how else to say it and then and and not even not even sequester them make sure that you can't see them like make sure that the the buffers that we put up uh are good enough where nobody has to like even see it oh this is very this is nasty nasty stuff Come into Southbridge down A Street. If you turn off a of South Market or South Walnut and come 
uh, west on A Street, there are brand new white sidewalks all the way until you get to A and Townsend, in which the residential area of South Bridge begins. And then our sidewalks haven't been done since they've been put in place. I mean... Brand new sidewalks that literally stop. It go through the whole South Wilmington and stops in South Bridge. I, I have to say, like, you... I, I, I'm. Like you say, you can only laugh about it. But, exactly. like, it's, it's again, literally, like, a slap in the face. Yeah. Like, we're going to fix everything right to here. Yep. Yep. I mean, just go look at it. But we're not going to stand it. for it. I just want it to be obvious for people who may not frequent the area. Because I, I know, unless you are residing in the towers or those townhouses, um, there may not be a need to frequent the area. But I just want to give a vivid picture of the, what it's like for some of the residents who are still residing in Southbridge. And not everyone is poor. Let me say that. We do have a lot of working class families in the community. So there are people who choose to live in Southbridge, who own homes in Southbridge and want the same standard of living as they see people being afforded three blocks to the east. Yeah. I mean, this is just... The, the most recent and one of the most blatant examples of this, uh, you know, we talked about several other ones. And I think that's important, too, because just because people don't go to South Bridge, because, again, it's been cordoned off in such a way, um, you know, they're still going to go to 76 or Fieldhouse. They're still going to play um, at, at the soccer pitch or the lacrosse pitch. Or they're still going to go downtown and enjoy the stuff on Market Street or at the riverfront. It's all kind of sort of the same thing. It's happening all over. It's feeding into it's feeding into crime getting actually worse and cops getting worse. It's feeding into a housing crisis. And um, yeah, we got to put our foot down. And I, I hope that that's I hope that's something we're gonna do. Well, it's definitely something I'm going to do, and I got big feet, so <laughs> I'm not standing for it. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, I tried to talk. Uh, I'm trying to talk activists into running for mayor. Might have to try to talk you into it too. <laughs> I had the ticket. I don't know. Maybe catch me next decade. But the <laughs> 2020s, I'm starting a whole lot of good trouble. I like it. See, I that's, don't need to that's be in any elected seat. I need to the, be able to move freely. This is the this is the the Cheyenne Miller uh, thing. She don't mess with it. She's like, politicians, throw them all in the trash. <laughs> but see, me, I believe, and I'm working on grooming young leaders to be effective politicians. Because I believe we can be effective in our government when we have people who have a true heart and a genuine care and concern for the constituents that they represent. And I don't know why it seems that at a city, county, and state level, we continue to fail our constituents uh, once our elected officials get into office. So I think if we begin to groom the right candidates and uh, uh, teach them to the way on how to run a successful campaign and get elected in the position, then we'll be better off in elections to come. I should introduce you to the guy over there, the guy Carl, the producing here sitting over there. Man, he's, out, he's doing he's doing something similar. Shout out to the Working Families Party. And make sure that if you don't know the candidates that they're supporting and endorsing, you get to know them. And if they're in your district, you probably want to get down with their campaign and vote for them. Because the Working Family Party only supports good people. That's right. Yeah, because they they have their they do the reverse stakeholder. Right. The stakeholder is the community. Exactly. The way it should be. Yeah. Well, the real state, I mean, I, again, uh, it depends what your priorities are, if, what your agenda is. I'll never forget, maybe, and I've told this story somewhat before, and you might have even heard it before. I remember having an argument about the old firehouse that's here from the 19th century. It's around a corner here. They're actually converting it now, I think, into a private residence. It's pretty fancy. But they were going to put, like, apartments there, community fucking next to that. But w the first thing that was going to happen was that the fire department wanted it for a museum. And I got in an argument with a guy from the city finance department at, like, a holiday party. And uh, I said, look, I think, I, think you should, I think the fire department should have it for a museum. I don't know what to tell you. 
He goes, well, I mean, how's that going to make any money? I said, I think the city should give it to him. I think they just give, because, it, like, if that's what the, you know, that's a community, I mean, what's more, what's more uh, part of the community than the fire department that's been there for 120 years? Like, just give it to them. But that's not the way they think. There's no row on the spreadsheet or variable that says, like, hey, what, you know, what do you, what do you think the neighborhood likes? doesn't work that way. So the only way is to interject ourselves into it. Because it's not going to, yeah, no, no finance department or zoning board or real estate developer or lobbyist or the Chamber of Commerce or whoever, whoever the, whoever the stakeholders of the Mike Brzezicki administration are, um, none of them are going to insert, like, the community line into their, into their matrix, you know. We have to insert it ourselves. And they're not going to do anything to hurt their bottom line. Absolutely not. We're going to have to hurt it ourselves. That's right. That's right. Hey, that's why we're different, man. I just got done saying to somebody a couple days ago, you know, chase your dreams and not a bag. You know, we have all of these uh, uh, tyrants, financial tyrants who chase the money and chase the bag. And, you know, it, 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 it's just not worth it. Right? I, I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes no matter how much money they have because it, it's better to do what's genuinely right by the people, for the people, um, for anyone in life. That's just, to me, that's just a goal in life. Man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, honestly, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny, I, I um, one of the reasons, and Przicki, we'll, we'll hit him again, fuck him. One of the reasons I'm hardest on him Um and hard on people like him is because I think they're genuinely, they've been completely consumed in it. They don't understand why you're mad. They don't understand. Like, they're like, we're trying to help the city. Like Buccini Pollins are here. They'll call them heroes. I think they legitimately think that. I think these people are deranged. They have, they have capitalism derangement syndrome. So the the one thing that will will at least make people like this uncomfortable is people like us making them uncomfortable. Because the, their their plan is smooth sailing. You know, they put the plan together. You weren't invited. I wasn't invited. You know what I mean? And so we can we can we can make some waves. We'll say maybe tip over a few canoes. Oh, that shit sounds like fun to me. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Well, man, what else is going on? Anything good? I mean, well, we we do have an actual race in the first re- representative district of the city of Wilmington, where I happen to reside at. And our current representative, the good brother Namdi, one of the twin poets, um, was the sponsor of the eminent domain bill. Uh, did not vote for the right to counsel bill. And I'm not sure, but I want to say he didn't vote to override the veto either. So his opponent is the fabulous Miss Shanae Darby, Councilwoman Shanae Darby for the second district. And she's for all of it. She is for the support of Amending the Law Enforcement Officer Bill of Rights. She's in for in favor of uh, rights for tenants' counsel, and she's in favor of any legislation that's going to empower and uplift Black and Brown people. So I definitely have my eye on that race, and I am definitely supporting Sinead Darby for the first representative district in the city. Well, one hundred percent. Um, she was in here two weeks ago, something like that. Just everything about the way she goes about her business uh, is impressive. Because it's all intentional. She knows what she's doing. And she has a very clear mind about it. I mean, you, you rattled off everything. And that's, she's not really, she's not really playing games. She's not going to play games. These are, these are the, this is my agenda. This is why people don't kind of understand 
She's done. This is the agenda. I'm not interested in your agenda. I'm not interested in signing on to anything you're doing. Like, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I love it. I really do. And the other thing is, <laughs> Pistol Pete, bro, I'll tell you, you think you think Medina was a handful? <laughs> Just wait till we start sending reinforcements. Just wait, you wad of chewed bubblegum. Wait till we start sending fucking reinforcements, my friend. Because they're, they're en route. I see them coming. Yeah, I see them I coming. I see them too. coming. And, and, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Hey, man, and uh, I want to give you a copy of my new book, The Four Keys to Success. Nice. I mean, it's available online, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or you can get it directly from me, Hanif Salam. But The Four Keys to Success is a small, impactful book that I believe will help anybody take their life to a higher level of success. That's cool, man. So take an hour, you, you ninety know, minutes, and you're, check you're it starting out. to get. Um, you're starting to uh, be with like literary friends because you know, like, was it six months ago or so? I forget when I had Thomas in here. My guy, timeless, uh, timeless Thomas. Shout out to timeless. Yeah, awesome. I had a great conversation with him, and for, for some reason, uh, Carl couldn't make it. He was busy that, and so we did it. It was just us. It was awesome. Because I, I had talked to him, and then I talked to another um, activist uh, and uh, old comrade of ours, Joe Connor. Yeah. Who are slaves. Because uh, he, he told his story on from from being, you know, being locked up, too. Wow. And uh, it was like right in the same month. Within, it wasn't back-to-back, but it was pretty close. And so it was pretty powerful having both of them tell their story. But Thomas is the shit. <laughs> yeah, that's my guy. Timeless actually um, really... Um, motivated me to finish my book and, and connected me to my publisher. So shout out to Timeless Thomas. Nice. Yeah, I gotta give him a call again. He's fun. Yeah, man. So like I said, I'm just going to continue to motivate and inspire the people and start as much good trouble as possible. And my disclaimer, anything that you heard me say today is strictly the views of Hanif Salam and does not represent any organization that I'm affiliated with. Views are his own, folks. And retweets do not equal endorsements. These are, <laughs> That's these right. are This is like, <laughs> look, we're just chilling here. Just it's always a good time in a bunker. I, I can come in the bunker and be myself and have good conversation. That's why I enjoy coming through so much. Man. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really digging it for that aspect, that everybody comes in and sort of like, <clears throat> oh, you got to do it. Um, but yeah, we had a great conversation. I just, but when when activists um, and real comrades and friends come in, there's just like a, I get real fired up, like a lot of energy. Yeah, and and that's because you like getting into good trouble too. So you know, when we come around, we've either started some good trouble or we're about to start some good trouble. So it's all that's the vibe. That's it, the vibe. it definitely is, and, and we need more like us. So, you know, if you want to start Good Trouble or you want to be a part of Good Trouble, get involved with the process. I mean, you can connect with an agency or organization, but you can start your own Good Trouble by highlighting the issues and potential solution to your elected officials. Get on the phone. Get on the email because they hate it, especially when it's not a robocall. It is an actual constituent that they have to respect and reply back to. They can't stand it. So join us and start in good trouble because they're going to always hear from me. Guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, we said that before. And even if you just start something yourself with five of your friends in the neighborhood and, you know, you take every, you know, every other day, one of you calls, the, the, you know, your official or emails them or shows up at our office or says, I, we need to meet. I got a problem. Just you know, that. That goes a long way to just getting yourself involved in the issues. Now, if you want to do more organizing, you know who to talk to. You know how to reach us. We can put you in touch with, you know, the people who do pretty much everything. That's what it's all about. You know, it's all about asking, how can I help? And not asking yourself, how can I benefit? So do something nice for somebody. Do something kind for somebody. Do something that is going to uplift your community and your neighbors. And don't always worry about on what you're going to get out of the deal. Yeah, and I can only tell you, for like 
for like political heads that get like mad about politics, uh, whether like it's online or reading the news or just whatever. Nothing's a better outlet than like getting involved with people and doing something about it. Because you're like, well, I mean, it, you're you're putting yourself out there. I mean, what's 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 the alternative? You know, we're here, so you might as well jump. You might as well get in the game. The game's going on. You might as well jump in it. Most definitely, and it's not going to stop. So, you could be a player, you could be a cheerleader, or you could be a spectator. But you're going to be a part of the game. Yeah, that's right. Well, Hanif, man, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. Now, always a pleasure, anytime. And I'll see you Monday. Most definitely. And left his best.